You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. going on blue jays fans and welcome to another edition of jay bird watching we are part of the stadium scene dot tv network and we are the official podcast of fan cited jays journal we are all as frustrated as you when it comes to this team the blue jays have lost nine of their last 10 they are currently in fourth in the al east a game and a half behind tampa two games behind the Boston Red Sox, who are respectively 14 and a half behind the Titans known as the Yankees. The Blue Jays are only merely three games ahead of the Baltimore Orioles as of Tuesday night, July the 12th. Uh, the game that they are playing right now against the Phillies is underway, so we do not know the outcome of that as of this recording. But it's safe to say that there are a lot of frustrated Blue Jays fans whose concern antenna, if you will, are uh, very much active and very much Tana. alive right now. Radar. So, yeah, the radar. Well, the antenna, if you have the old Fox TV. Um, so we're going to break it all down, and to help me to do so is the usual crew, the original crew, the OGs here of Craig Gordon <laughs> and Brandon Penicar. Chris Key will be joining us shortly. He is coming home from saving the day, uh, being a superhero all day. But, gentlemen, until he arrives, how are we doing? Frustrated. You got it right. Yes. <laughs> This isn't just fruit punch, just saying. No, okay. <laughs> There's only a right. little bit of uh, Jameson in it, I swear. <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to numb day. myself up for this ball game. <laughs> we, are, uh, we are only three games above 500 right now. Three. Um, this is not where we expected to be when it comes to our beloved Toronto Blue Jays. We had them penciled in as World Series favorites, and we weren't alone. This wasn't a homer pick. The uh, A lot of the talking heads out there also had the same indications that the Blue Jays would be running away with this and be the titans of the AL East, but that was not to be. Um, look, it's uh, Brennan, you talked about it already, and you said... You echo the sentiments, rather, that it's been frustrating for Blue Jays fans. Um, given the talent that's on this team, this is not what you would think would be the case and not where you would think we would be sitting come just about mid-July. Um, with every team sort of in that hodgepodge of a handful of games within each other and the Yankees running away with this, um, the Blue Jays can't afford to be losing games if they want a wild-card spot. So that being said... You can be as broad or as detailed as you want, but keep in mind the agenda that you already know. Um, how detrimental were these losses, these nine out of ten losses 
that the Blue Jays uh, experienced and how how many notches does this knock down your confidence meter when it comes to them heading into the making rather the postseason? Yeah, they were pretty detrimental to say the least. Um, they're on the identical pace to where they were a season ago where they missed the playoffs by one game or maybe one game ahead of last year's pace. Uh, but even so, you said it. We expected them to be much, much better. The pace that they were on after they took two out of three from the Red Sox when they were, what, 10, nine games above 500? That's roughly, for the way they are playing, the way it should have gone the rest of the year. And you mix in a hot streak or two, you get to that 95-win mark, which should almost always win you a division, but definitely get you probably wildcard one. Um, I mean, we saw it over the weekend. The Blue Jays went into the series against the Mariners up four games. And they were the hottest team of all the teams in the wildcard race. And they won all four. And so they closed that gap to zero when the Blue Jays had left. So that just sucked them back in where the rest of the teams are. And the fact that the Orioles are two games behind them in the wildcard race. Credit to them, man. Like, they've been hot, as we talked about on Sunday and a little bit yesterday. They have offensive firepower. If they can figure out the pitching, the Orioles could be good as soon as next season. Do I think they keep it up? No, uh, of course. But I'm looking right now. I mean, Cleveland's pitching will keep them in it all year. Um, the Blue Jays' offense can be better than Cleveland. But after that, gets to a bunch of disappointing teams. The White Sox just are not hitting on any expectations whatsoever. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries. The Rangers, same thing with Simeon, Seager, and John Gray, all the guys they spent $535 million on just not living up to the bill. And then you go into the rest and nobody's going to come from there. The angels, tigers, Royals, or athletics. So I think it'll be close that way closer than we expected. I still agree with what you sent earlier. Adam fan saying the blue Jays still have what a 78.9% chance to make the playoffs. And I I still do believe that I still do believe they're going to get in, but it's going to require a hot streak to start pulling away from the competition and not keeping it as close as it was last year, because I don't want to go into the final week, a game back, a game up um, tied because anything can go wrong at that point. So um, I know it's looking ahead, but the first series out of the all-star break is at Fenway for three. And that series is massive. If the blue Jays can stay afloat, these next six games before they go to Boston. Um, they still play the Rays a couple times. So I do think there'll be some shuffling between all three of those teams for wildcard one, two, and three. But the Mariners and Cleveland Guardians are still in this and probably will be in it for a while until hopefully one of them fades. Yeah. Craig? When, how did the Mariners win eight in a row after being it, like they've been? <laughs> it just seems amazing to me that it all coalesce for them right when you know we're basically invading their home ballpark you know rogers center west is what we were everybody was calling it right all right should have been sky dome west at that point because you know the fun you guys were all having with your networking fun up north <laughs> yeah. but i just can't believe that we're even in the situation that we are in but to uh brendan you or adam was it you that sent us the little thing about 2015 and the snippet uh no that was brendan it was brendan mm-hmm. i couldn't believe that when you sent that and read it it was the fact that we're basically literally in the same series bullshit that we were in 2015 at this time, headed into the all-star break. Then we're facing the same opponent that we finally lit it up again. And what was the catalyst on that other than a day off? And then obviously the catalyst continuing forward was that we got price too low and company to come actually help this team damn win. But 
right now, I just don't see where that spark comes from, even as we go and you know, play in the Phillies tonight, even at home. Because it's felt like a home game the last week. Yes, we ran into a game, you know, four games with the Mariners that were not going to ever play in our favor, apparently, with how hot they've been. But that was basically a home game. <laughs> um, so I just can't believe we're in this situation. And to your point, the men bringing the, the Orioles back into the race, I don't think they quite have the legs with their pitching, but that offense is legit and is going to be very, you know, cumbersome for the rest of the American League East teams coming this uh, second half. To that point, good. <laughs> All the guys that we are currently right at level with, guys, if we're going to have to have the Orioles thrown in right in that whole thing, they're going to continue bludgeoning the, uh, Ray, the Rays and the Boston Red Sox to the point of not going away, I think, for the rest of the season. And hopefully we squeak those games out where Boston and the Rays don't. And that might be the difference at the end of the day. To your point, Brendan, one game, one damn game last year. If we can somehow get something going here for a little bit in the next month and kick right off of the All-Star break, that could be the difference in the world. But I think you guys saw the thing I sent back about the 2015 thing and uh, (laughs) whatnot coincidence maybe not you know maybe this is history repeating itself for the blue jays and we finally uh get something out of this and having that extra wild card spot might be the difference in the world yeah to uh speak more on that uh affirmation tweet uh it's from chris black it said seven years ago the 2015 toronto blue jays returned from a west coast swing in oakland seattle with the failing to meet expectations 50 50 record after an off day on monday the jays team had a two-game set versus philly followed by a four-game set against kansas city exactly what's happening right now um except we didn't go 50 50 um now remember this we're a little bit better than that this was a little (laughs) bit later in the season because the catalyst the first phillies game that was Tulo's debut and that's when he hit two home runs and then that friday against kansas city was a deadline when they got price mark Lowe, and ben revere was that the bench clearing weekend yes that might have been I remember watching that, and I said, that's yeah. going to be your ALCS, and lo and behold, there's your ALCS. Um, yeah. But to that anyway, point, there's got to be something here that lights that fire, whether it's w- some of these things we were talking about or what. I'm not going to bury your show. No, <laughs> I, was just, I wanted to speak on that because, you know, look, and I'm not trying to disparage you at all, Brendan. I, I understand the sentiment, and I understand you have to look for optimism. Um, but I don't know that... I don't want to say it's inappropriate. It's just I don't know that it's applicable to compare 2015 to this squad because that 2015 team was hitting like crazy, like crazy. Yes. Even even when they were losing, they were still hitting yeah. and mashing. Right. It, this team just is it. It's coming in waves and the waves are spread out. They're violent. Right? Yeah. And I just. <laughs> There's lots how of many players in have you. <laughs> been able to rely on besides Kirk consistently Kirk Springer I even make the argument for against Springer because he's been very up of down of late to that point obviously he got hot over the last week especially in Seattle yeah so yeah. he was aggressive in that in that Correct. series um but that's it that's it. And it's not saying yeah. anything bad about Vladdy. I mean, Vladdy, it, it, but he's still, he's had his moments where he, he's experienced lows. We've talked about it. The cheat code is no more. Yeah, um, I could yeah. make the argument that Boba Shet actually has been very consistent because regardless of the fact that he, he doesn't think he's had that insane stretch, he's been Boba Shet. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, he's not giving me anything less or more. Maybe the batting originally could be a, a little higher, but you know what he I mean? Shouldn't, he shouldn't be a two-hole hitter anymore. He we, is not getting on base. Can we? Right. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Um, I'm going to throw this to you right away, Chris, right? Right away. <laughs> oh, hi, welcome. how are you doing? <laughs> you, look, you look well-rested. I don't you think hear his microphone's us? working yet. No? Okay. No? <laughs> There's a little confusion. <laughs> send it to Brennan. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll send it to you, Brennan. Um, can we talk about Boba for a minute? Can we sit on this for a little bit? Have we been overvaluing and overrating Boba as a bonafide superstar? I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying, do you trust that he is so vital to this team's future as we have believed. We sort of put him in that Vladdy tier, and I'm beginning to think maybe he doesn't belong there. That's interesting. Um, he's definitely been disappointing. There's no doubt about it, with, without question. I mean, he's hitting 259, a 301 OBP. That's not acceptable for Mo. Last year, he was worth 5.1 wins. I just pulled up his Fangrass page, and whenever you go above five, you're pretty elite, mm-hmm. and you're an all-star player. So we know where his ceiling is. It's just a matter of how often is he going to hit his ceiling. I still believe he will do that more than not, uh, but he needs to change his approach at the plate, this season especially. like I think either pitchers have made the adjustment to him, he's striking out more, he's walking about the same, which is nice, but even then, it's not walking enough for a guy who's in a two-hole hitter. So it's <laughs> frustrating, to say the least, Bo Bichette's season. And he's always finding himself in 0-2 counts. Um, he did a lot last year, too, but I, I don't know if there was some um, batting average on ball and play luck or anything like that, or maybe it's not going his way as much as it did last year. But I still think he's an elite player, just not as consistently elite as Vlad. Is where I'll go with that. Where you at, right now they're like right now they're like this to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who's having a hot week? To that point, I agree with you, Brendan. That Bo's uh, OPS and stuff is not where you. I think everybody would like it to be, but the fact that he's driving forty-eight runs, he's doing what he needs to do when he needs to. But it could be better. And those are the difference between being a above-average guy and an elite player. And right now he's dancing back and forth in those two lines. So to your point, Adam, maybe that's where he is. Maybe that's maybe he is more in the elite category toward Brendan. I don't know, but it would be nice to see him, you know, catch fire. And if, I think a lot of that comes down to his evolution as a hitter, and to where Brendan was pointing the fact that just learning more of the game, why you should take better pitches. He's been chasing a lot of first pitches lately, and it's kind of driving <laughs> me nuts. Yes. <laughs> so, but to that point, he's not the only one in his lineup doing that. So I'm not calling out Bo on the Vlad thing or on the. Uh, First pitch swinging shit. Because mm-hmm. um, I think, honestly, that's a philosophy, and that's the next piece of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, his aggressiveness last year helps him. There's no doubt about that. And it worked last year. But there are going to be years when your aggressiveness does not work, and that's this year so far. <clears throat> hey, Chris. Now I can hear you, bitches. Yes. <laughs> hey. Welcome to the party, guy. So I'm going <laughs> to hit you with this one right away. Shit. All right. All right, get on your toes, man. You're not prepared. And slap. Did you do your jumping jacks? You got to take your pre-workout? Go ahead. You can chug that oh. pre-workout. Go ahead. Oh, buddy. Oh, I'm that's good. true. That doesn't work. Got, you got your aminos flowing through you? All right. 
Ready? Or are you like yeah. me and you're ju- guzzling Jameson from a, from a mug? Did you, did, you, <laughs> did you take your cocaine? You're good? All right, let's go. <laughs> Full of monsters in Kimmy's, let me tell you. All right. You. Yeah, so, I'm sure. So legal cocaine. Um, yes. Yeah, over the do you consider, given, given where this team is right now, there's a whole lot of backstory that you're just kind of stumbling into. So I'm trying to, I'm trying hey, to give you. I'll make, I'll make it up as I see fit. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm going to give you the TLDR version. Uh, given that this team has lost nine of their last ten games, they're in fourth place. They're only a handful of games ahead of the Orioles. They have failed to meet expectations. Do you think that Bobachet is as vital to this team's future as we had once believed? Maybe more so than not last year. But given what we've seen this year, do you think he's as vital and as an integral piece of this team's future? Yeah, of course I do. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was like too easy. (laughs) Let's not get get things wrong. He's having a down year. He's having a down year, but his defense has improved. Um, he has been, he, he's been playing with some things like he, if you watched him play shortstop last year and then you watch him play shortstop this year, like there is some Tulewitzki esque stuff going on there. There's a little mm-hmm. bit more running gun, uh, just the way he picks up the ball as well. Um, it's very Tulewitzki esque. No, not, not a terrible way. Um, it, there's going to be refinements when you, when you basically, change the way you're doing something like he used to let the ball kind of come to him and he would stay back on it and then rely on his arm. Now he, now he's going to get that ball a little bit more. So which, which teach their own, like <clears throat> a shortstop before Tulowitzki, like Jose Reyes, he would stay back on the ball and he would utilize his arm. Tulowitzki goes and gets it. It, whatever you're comfortable with and whatever works for you. Cool. But it is going to take some adjustment for him. What a lot, what we're forgetting though is like, this kid led the league in hits last year. Like, he still led the league in hits last year. He's having a down year. It, it, for everybody that's on Bichette, why aren't we looking at Guerrero more? Or for that yeah, matter, I mean, the guy that's it, equal in war like, almost in Matt Chapman. <laughs> like, like the, there's a lot of other things going on in this team than Bo Bichette, and I think he's probably on the lesser of my worries. To be honest, like there is a shitstorm on the other side of the ball that I'm sure you've already touched on. If nope, not, not you will be. Not all the way there yet. It's like we were <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> all right. There is a shitstorm on that side of the ball that we need to be worried about. And I think once that kind of settles that down. Conversation. Yeah, when, once that settles down a little bit, I think we will see a little bit more from Boba Shet that maybe maybe he's he's a kid that cares, right? And, and he wants to win. He wants to be the best guy on the field. So he's probably putting a crap load of extra pressure on himself to deliver for this team. And perhaps he's pressing a little hard from time to time, right? Or like I said, Bo- swing at too Bo- many pitches. <laughs> I don't care about I don't care about swinging at the first pitch. First pitch is always the best one you're going to see for the most part. You've been taught that from Little League. Not wrong, but um, <clears throat> so and, and like nobody gets on George Springer for swinging at the first pitch. <laughs> it's the balls to the walls thing. Like, I think there's a difference, right? Um, so, no. To, to long answer your your question, no, I'm I'm not concerned about Bobachet, and he is a very vital part of this team going forward and in the future. Don't apologize, Chris. Content is key, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Gotta um, fill time somehow. I love it. Um, <laughs> Shouldn't be hard this episode. <laughs> let me put it this way. 
if given the opportunity, an elite starter no. with control for Bichette, straight no. up. I'm, no, I'm, sort of. I'm fucking pulling the trigger. It's, I mean, it depends who it is. <laughs> who is it? <clears throat> See, that's the thing. Not a lot of elite stuff. It had to be a slow person <laughs> yeah. for me, in my opinion, to be uh, even having that conversation because of how many years that Bo's got left in control. You know, that's the only thing. It had to be somebody equal, just in a position of more value to us right now. Because right now, right. the other catch is, what are you going to do right now? Okay, you're going to have to move Espinall back to short, and then you're going to have to put Vigio at second base, which isn't too big a deal. And then you're hoping you're not losing somebody like Ralvis Martinez or anybody else like that to maybe play short because i can sorry to say that uh, george groshans is eh, short, in, in my opinion in the myers but oh don't what do say I that know? don't say that you want people ah. to believe that he's great <laughs> so we get a good return for him he's I, that's, still, that's for us to listen to nobody listens elite. to the show anyway <laughs> he's absolutely elite and he's worth everything everything um i don't know i i just this team is so frustrating on all facets, and I think we all can stem it back. I know the most frustrating aspect of this team is not the offense. Um, even though they, they haven't been putting up an enormous amount of runs, um, I still don't still think that's where the Achilles, Achilles heel is right now. It's it's definitely uh, on the pitching side, and I also think it's some off-the-field shit, too. So let's just let's jump right into that, because I think this is where a lot of people's uh, angst lies when it comes to the Blue Jays. So. Um, Craig, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Um, we got to talk accountability, and we I don't want to say we got to talk blame here because I think that's the wrong term, but I think accountability is what we can label this as. Um, you can say that the players haven't been producing, and I think that's fair. You know, we, we discussed, uh, at least for the first some odd minutes, 20 minutes of the show, that they haven't been living up to expectations consistently. You've seen spurts of it here and there, but as a whole... They haven't been living up to expectations. You can't predict injuries, right? But we had to have seen, or at least Chris and I saw, that uh, Ryu wasn't going to be anything that was going to last, and he was falling <laughs> off the cliff. Um, and it's it's because of the Ryu injury, honestly, that this team, it's from that point that there was a nosedive. Um, and you, again, you can't predict line drives to ankles. You can't predict these things. Um, but they it's are... a down effect from that. The domino fell. Yeah, they are detrimental to the performance, but there are things that could have been mitigated. There, there are things that could have been done to mitigate the, these issues, like depth, proper depth, uh, like a better bullpen, and a more balanced lineup. So, Craig, I'm going to give you four entities, and I want you to rank them in terms of accountability. Okay. Charlie, Guillermo, Pete. And the front office, how do you rank them in terms of who is the most accountable? And we'll just start there. Who's the most accountable? Are we talking most accountable failed? in general, or are we talking about like who should be currently on the hot seat because of what's been going on? I want to know, in your opinion, who is of those four rank who is, I don't want to say responsible because the players are ultimately responsible for the losses mostly. So who do you hold? more accountability towards when it comes to those four entities. Okay. As of this current position where I'm thinking right now is sadly, I'm going to put Charlie on the hot seat on number one as needs to be the most accountable. No and wrong I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Martinez for the second because the hitting has been like you said, all over the place. And <clears throat> I honestly feel there is a 
issue with the mantra on the offensive side of the ball. There just seems to be either a mixed signal, this, that, or whatever. Something's going on. And, on, and the fact that last year that wasn't a problem and you had people like Barfield, Bichette, senior that is and whatever involved and there was not as much of an issue so i'm looking at the one guy that's left standing out of those three people i just mentioned in guillermo martinez then i have to say pete walker and then my least person i can blame is the front office is they put a hell of a team together that unfortunately like you said it's hard to predict injuries how much depth really can you manage to get in today's game at starting pitching that isn't really based out of your minor league system. And in all reality, we just saw that that part worked. Max Castillo came up and he's been doing really good. And if he's not taking over for Kikuchi and his time frame here for while he's injured, it's going to be fucking insulting. I'm just going to be that guy right there. <laughs> he pitched no, great cool, on yeah. three days nights rest the other day. So, and honestly, he's the hot hand and I'm going to let truck him out there every damn day. But I, right now, we should have had a solid one through five for the rotation. We had a good-looking bullpen based off of what we built last year. The offense on paper, this was predicted to be one of the best teams in baseball. Mm-hmm. The front office had to do that. So I can't blame them for where we currently are falling apart. This is an on-field issue, and that's why I'm ranking Charlie, Martinez, Pete, and then the front office. Chris? Hmm. <clears throat> I should mention that Guillermo and Montoyo are like right next to each other. <laughs> okay. See, see, I I would almost say Pete and Guillermo are interchangeable because, like, think, and, and not to say that it, it's them that that is the issue or anything. Like they they're dealing with what they have, but somebody somebody's ass has to be on in the pot for what's going on. So the fall guy, unfortunately for him, and I've been calling for it for years is Charlie Montoyo. Yep. He, he's going to be the first that uh, he's going to be the first to go. And and if things don't clear up really fast, and I'm talking this Philly series and I I can't remember who they play next, but like if, yeah, Casey, like if things go really south over the next two series before the all-star break, uh, there, there's probably two managers in, in the AL that are on the hot seat and Charlie Montoyo is one and Tony La Russa is the other. Yep. And, and they're both probably on the outside looking in. Um, yeah. La Russa especially. Now, that team is yeah. a dumpster fire. They, he did the whole walk Jose Ramirez with one strike again today <laughs> it, it, while they were down for nothing. Like, whatever. Any, um, it, <laughs> I think they all have a level of accountability and it, it, it's very hard to rank them, but Charlie is ultimately going to be the fall guy. And then does that mean that whoever comes in to replace, or if it's John Schneider, um, will he keep some people around? I have a hard time believing that Pete Walker is going to go anywhere, especially for the rest of this year. I, I really have a hard time believing that he, he will be out of a job, but I, I could see, something happen happening like a Montoyo and then Martinez be gone. I could definitely I could agree see with something that. like that. Um nothing's gonna happen to Ross Atkins unless they make the don't make the playoffs. And the and this but that's an off season thing. Very down here. That is an off season thing. You're not gonna change a GM right now right before the, the trade deadline. He'll get one more trade deadline to figure this out. Um and it's not like Ross Atkins has done a terrible job by any means, but 
like the bullpen apart the, the bullpen other than april has been a complete dumpster fire um and is that a little bit due to injuries like we all expected Nate pearson to be at, back by by now and like that's he's, almost happened he, he's turned completely unreliable like if we ever see him again that's great but like i'm not holding my breath on anything like i i almost have nate pearson into we'll see you in spring training yeah i'm almost that right now too with the injuries he keeps yeah and and whatever whatever happens with that same with merriweather like i i don't really plan to see any of these guys back i don't even know what's going on with merriweather at this point i thought i heard merriweather might be getting ready for a rehab stint and then he'll get hurt again and we'll be into the same mess during the rehab stint so <laughs> i don't know Char- charlie will ultimately be the fall guy then probably martinez then pete um and then atkins i want to frame the question um i don't necessarily and it's not uh, I don't want to just blank what we all just said, but I, I don't want to. I'm not saying <laughs> who's going are. to be who's going to be fired or who's going to be let go necessarily. I just want to know, in your personal opinion, who do you hold accountable? Um, I assume the ranking doesn't change for either of you, but um, well, I then I, would, I then I would put I would put Atkins before Walker. I agree, but I'll, oh, uh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yes, but Brendan, Walker's okay. got no toys in the freaking cupboard, right? But, <laughs> They but, put together, but then, but then, but then you could say, okay, here if you want to do it this way, Martinez, Atkins, Charlie, Pete. Fair, okay. I don't know there, if I there agree are no with wrong that. answers. It's my, it's my yeah, yeah. for not framing it correctly. So I don't Start think the front, I don't <laughs> think like, the front like, office <laughs> has any blame. Really, they put together a team that everybody picked to go to the playoffs and everybody picked to go to the World Series and. Do you think they saw Jose Barrios be shit like he's been? No. Do you think they saw Ryu getting injured? No. Yeah. Now, there's a couple moves that you could look at and say maybe there wasn't enough assessment of it. Like Trevor Richards regressing is not surprising to me. Trevor Richards that one was good last year, there. but he is not reliable anymore. Um, Yusei Kikuchi. The whole story coming out of Seattle, according to Rob Longley, was that nobody in Seattle is surprised by this because it's much more than just physical. It's a mental thing with him, too. Um, there's something wrong with him. He needs to see a sports psychologist or something because when it doesn't go right, it goes wrong very, very <laughs> south. So there are some signings and some moves or lack of addressing Offer. certain areas where they're at fault, but there are so there's so much out of Atkins and Shapiro's control right now that you just could not foresee through before the season. Mm-hmm. You couldn't foresee Springer. Springer's been like this, very, very slow incline all year. Vlad has been the same. He's taken mm-hmm. off recently. Bo's below expectations. Tioscar has been injured and below say, expectations when he's been healthy. Guriel finally is hitting, but even he, he's barely chipped in with any power. Um, I would say, we talked about this on Sunday, the only people who have met or surpassed expectations this year, Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa, Alejandro Kirk, and I'll throw Vlad in there too. Everybody else in my mind has not met expectations. And I'll you throw can't Aspinall foresee that. In that too. Aspinall, Aspinall, yes, for sure. Because you sure. weren't expecting so, anything out of him when he took a starting job. <laughs> so my rankings in terms of blame or who, even if it's blame, is, I still don't think it's the right word, but who is the scapegoat because somebody always owns this when a good team underperforms 
Martinez yep. is the first to go in my mind, but I also think he goes out at the same time as Charlie. And Martinez, Craig, I think you said this. Martinez last year was not alone with all this help. He had Dante Bichette around. He had um, with Winfield um, or um, Jesse Barfield. Jesse Barfield, Barfield, yeah, around. And others helped. And a couple guys admitted how much that helped them. So is Martinez a good hitting coach? I'm not so sure. And then Heat Walker probably is the coach that I don't want to see go yet because, I mean, he's tried. We've seen him try be like, you say, use your fastball, and he just doesn't do it. What, what, like, what else can you do as a coach when the player doesn't listen to play. you? It's not his, not Walker's fault. <laughs> so, yeah, it's tough. It's so tough on a team that's not performing. I don't know if anybody deserves on this team to have their job let go, but when you underperform like they have, somebody will get the axe, and it's probably one of Charlie or Guillermo Martinez, and it could be as soon as the All-Star break, depending on how they go into it. They need to win four out of these six for them to be all right, and then hopefully see what happens after that. I agree. Um, so, and uh, not necessarily chopping block. Again, I, I apologize yeah. if I didn't uh, frame this correctly, but in terms of who I hold personally responsible, mm-hmm. um, Brennan, I respectfully disagree. I, I have to put the front office at number one because they're giving you the the tools to play with. Um, if you're not, if you don't have the appropriate amount of tools or the appropriate tools in your toolbox, you're not going to be able to, to build the best house. Um, I don't care how many talented builders you have. If you don't have the appropriate tools, you're just not going to be able to do it properly. Um, so I'm going to put the front office and if we're just going to isolate Atkins in there, fine. Um, but I also think it's more of a group effort with Atkins and Spiro anyway, but, um, so front office for, is one for me. Then I'm going to put Charlie. And much like you, Chris, um, I've never been a believer in Charlie. I don't know how long you've been listening to JB Dubs, but uh, I've been saying this since the beginning. I've, I've labeled him a bridge manager at best. I was just saying, I think there was a key word in there. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a bridge manager at best. And um, I've said it in our DMs. I don't think... They he was their number three choice even. Um, Rocco Boldelli to me was the guy that they wanted, and he ended up going to Minnesota. So um, we just have to deal with what we got. Um, Rocco Boldelli I think would have been so much better suited for this team, just in terms of the youth. Um, and it has nothing to do with anything cultural. It has nothing to do with anything experiential. It has nothing to do with that. It's just You're more of seeing a, that in Minnesota how, right now. Yeah, how you can communicate with your young players, and I think that was vital to success. Um, maybe Schneider's the guy. I don't know. But yes. um, when it comes to this team... It's worth a shot. I got... <laughs> look, if, if I'm going to throw in the last two, uh, I'll put in Martinez and I'll put Walker. I don't necessarily regard Walker as the the fix-all wizard that people do. And like, people Walker can fix everybody. Apparently, he can't. Um, and so I, I never really hopped on that bandwagon, but when it comes to injuries from Ryu that you can't predict much, as you said, Brendan, we can't predict line drives to ankles and stuff. Mm -hmm. And when Barrios isn't pitching, like we thought he was going to, there's proof and parcel right there that Pete Walker can't fix everybody because this is a guy that wasn't necessarily broken or in need of fixing. Um, and, uh, the Manoa is doing just fine. Um, and so was Gosman until the injury. So. I think Pete is the least accountable. The reason why I put the front office, as I mentioned, is, look, you had all offseason to address your bullpen. And it's this consistently with this front office is the last thing they look at. It is bare Very minimum 
what they look at. It's always offense first. And don't get me wrong. I love offense, but this has the MLB is a league for the past couple of years. KC was proof and parcel of this in 2015. You can't win on power alone. You can't. You can't win on power alone. You need an elite bullpen. You need it. And I'm not asking for an elite bullpen. I'm asking for just slightly above average. A try? Can't we just have a <laughs> slightly above average? Think about how many more Somebody games. other than Romano who's even yes. been. Or Simber. Think about how many more games we would win if we had an above average bullpen. And you're pulling guys like Garcia out and you're going dumpster diving. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why the bullpen is always the last thing to go. And on top of that, your imbalanced right-handed heavy lineup, that is absurd. It is absurd. Yeah, I and like I, know I'm, I know I'm like on yeah. the Cavan Biggio train and whatnot, and I get it. It's fun. <laughs> haha. But it's just, come on. You, you couldn't have pursued a lefty bat in a trade. You couldn't have just given up assets. I feel like they cling onto them so much. You know, and give him credit for letting go of Austin Martin last year in SWR for in exchange for Barrios. I get it, and that was a, a bold move, and it's turning out to be a, a, in retrospect, a good trade because I separate the trade and the re-signing as two different transactions. Mm-hmm. But they failed to address the needs of the team to make them elite. And I think what people do is when you look at the five starters that we had walking to the season, yes, it was good enough. We ignored the depth largely because of the the shiny five things on the mound, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at the the one through nine, you're very, very captivated by that. And you think, okay, World Series uh, favorites. But when you take a step back and look at the entire landscape of the lineup, you're thinking there are glaring holes in this that weren't addressed. And I don't know if this has anything to do with players reluctant to sign with Toronto. This has been a familiar narrative. And on top of that, the whole, are they vaccinated or not? Are they going to be able to play in Canada or not? And I, I let's face it, that's probably a big reason why Robbie Ray is not a Toronto Blue Jay right now. Mm-hmm. So outside of that, though, this it's their job to string together a team. And if we as amateur podcasters talking mm-hmm. about our favorite team... If we could recognize these glaring issues, I am confident that they recognize these glaring issues way before we even knew they were glaring issues. And why they weren't addressed, I don't know. I think there needs to be some accountability there. And I, I don't, I'm not giving any sort of quarter to Atkins for failing to put a get together at least an average bullpen. Yeah. I have one problem with your whole argument. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, go ahead. Just one sec. Yeah. We technically make in the ballpark at five, ten dollars a month, so we're technically a professional podcast. Okay, fine. You <laughs> do make money. Okay. You didn't expect that comment, did you? <laughs> All right, fine. You should. But you see my point. Like, why is it that, you know, maybe it's our error for, you know, thinking that this team, maybe we are overvaluing the team. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment that perhaps maybe the team wasn't as elite as we thought it was because we are just strictly focusing on starting five, starting nine. And we probably overvalued the bullpen. I'll give you that. I think we we overvalued the bullpen for sure. We didn't even really evaluate them properly. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Richards has been so disappointing. Garcia has been pretty good um, in a lot of stretches this year. Simber as well. Romano too, but outside of, and David Phelps, I'll give him credit. He's probably been the, most consistent outside of Romano, but outside of those four, it's been 
such a rotating door. And I mean, now that you have to go to guys like Anthony Bonda and other like that, it's like, come on, I didn't expect us to be in this situation. The lack of but you didn't want to be power in the Anthony arms, Bonda sweepstakes. The lack of power arms and swing and miss stuff is hurting this team right now out of the bullpen because <clears> right. that's what every contending team has, except for maybe the Red Sox. Uh, but even they have some guys who can strike you out. So um, and they got yeah, guys to come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very so, like Chris Sale's do. on the mound tonight. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think nobody helps my fantasy team. <laughs> can, can I present an interesting idea that I heard on what was it Baseball Today? Yeah, go, go for, for it. it. Yeah, yesterday's episode, I think it was. They brought up the fact that Tampa could be sellers. Really? Yeah, they're in a wild card. Spot. Would that terribly surprise you though, with the way they no. do business? That, they're they're going to flip that, guys just that, like they did Meadows for Isaac Paredes. That, that they're going to do something stupid like that, that. They could sell off and get a whole bunch of young guys for big power arms, say fuck it to this year, and then go again next year. They've been very inconsistent this year, the race as well. Like, well, so yeah, and decimated health, by health. 100% health issues yeah. with them, too. Yeah. So, But yeah, they're still on the right side Franco's, of the hill. Wonder Franco's out for the rest of the year. There's oh, a bunch is that of official others. now? Yeah, he's out for six to eight months or something. Ouch. Uh, they got a bunch of other injuries. Like, could they possibly Probably. give up a power arm or two out of the bullpen? That'd be very rare. Plenty of. Yeah. yeah Just an idea. Talking, they even I, had Franklin in there. I, I, I thought it was extremely interesting and a very raised thing to do. That they I, know, did. Shit, I didn't realize he was going to have wrist surgery. I knew he got hurt pretty good the other day, but I didn't realize they were saying he was going to need wrist surgery. Yeah. How much do you believe the narrative that interdivision trades are almost impossible that when it comes to high quality players, right? You ignore the J Hap and the Brandon Drury bullshit <laughs> trade. I'm talking like impact. We were getting this year, Brandon Drury, that would have worked out pretty well. Just oh, saying. Yeah. Ignoring the fact that it, it, those kind of trades, I'm saying elite, powerful, impactful moves are very rare within the division. Here's what I'll say to that. You need to do everything in your power to make sure that the Yankees or Red Sox do not get any of those Tampa Bay relievers. Yes. But I would be scared yes. shitless to trade anybody to Tampa. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. a rule to never Because they're just going to come back and haunt you automatically. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. nothing there. It's going to be bad. If the Rays want one of your players, that's not a good sign. No. No. Or actually, it's a very Romero's good sign. Doing. Just don't do it. You've seen what Harold Ramirez is doing this year, right? He was a Blue Jays farmhand forever. I know we traded him to the Marlins, but he has figured the shit out at the Major League level this year. Because he plays for Tampa. So, exactly. Speaking of people that have the right management in place and teach their players things. Oh, sorry, um, I say that a lot? <laughs> listen, they have, um, they have wizards over there. Um, all right, I just wanted to do that thought experiment because I know a lot of people are, you know, it's a f familiar narrative of Fire Charlie Chatkins is back, and I don't even think that the that casual fans even know who Guillermo is. So they definitely know who Pete Walker is because he's a fucking hot name on Twitter. So um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move into more positive talks. Um, All Star Game, we got Alejandro Kirk and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. labeled as starters. This is Alejandro Kirk's first All-Star game. I'd say this is the one that we would probably have least predicted heading into the season. Um, uh, maybe not. Maybe if Espinal made it in, we'd be just as, if not a little bit more surprised. Right. But 
Um, and then we have Alec Manoa was uh, a vote in by the players. He was a player's pick. So we have three Blue Jays All-Stars um, on this squad. Uh, Brendan, I'll toss this to you. Um, very simple. What does this What does this say about Alejandro Kirk and his uh, production this season? That hasn't already been said. Um, and uh, how many innings do you ideally want Manoa to pitch uh, in the All-Star game? And I will answer first, zero. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Z, zero will be fine uh, to just keep him fresh, give him a break, and let him enjoy the festivities. So I agree with you there. Uh, I think we've talked enough good things about Alejandro Kirk so far. This is his time to shine. He deserves it. He's becoming a household name. And who knows if this is a player that he can be for the rest of his career or the next couple of years. But it's been a very welcome surprise and a large reason why this team is not below 500 right now. That is for very damn sure. So. Um, you remove his production from the lineup and they would be probably under 500 right now. Um, so he's been the team MVP as far as I'm concerned. It's between him, Manoa, and Gosman. But even if you want to narrow that a little bit more, probably him and Manoa uh, are the top two on the team, and they're both recognized as all-stars. Vlad got in on name recognition alone because he has not had an elite Vladimir Guerrero Jr. season, but he's had a good season. I mean, we can agree 130 weighted runs created plus is good, but his war is only 1.7. American League first baseman, he's looking pretty good. Just yeah, saying. and sorry, nobody's going to be voting Ty France in over Vlad Jr. because people will go with the name on the fan vote. And then Back. Springer shocked me, to be honest. I mean, again, like Vlad, he's having a good season, but there's still a notch I feel George Springer hasn't hit yet this year that we saw last year when he was healthy. Yes. So that was the surprising uh, all-star selection for me uh, of Springer getting it. I'm happy that he's in there because I love him, as you all know. Uh, but um, I thought they'd only walk away with three or I thought that it wouldn't be Springer and it would be Gosman instead. Um, that was a snub in my mind. But for a team that right now is only, what, two, three games above 500, you're not going to get five or six all-stars. So I guess it makes sense. Chris? Um, I think for Alejandro Kirk, I think it just cements that he's the best hitting AL catcher uh, in the league, or he could be the best hitting catcher just in Major League Baseball right now, if you wanted to go that far. The kids' bat ball skills are through the roof. Like, it's ridiculous that uh, how little this guy strikes out and, and how well he can he can handle the bat. Um, Guerrero, like Brendan said, he get up, he got on just by his name. He's having an all right year, but whatever. Um, Manoa, good for him uh, as a fan of the kid. Yeah, of course I want to see him pitch in the All Star game, but realistically, hell no. <laughs> like, yeah. do not go near a ball. Yeah. Don't go near a mound. Nothing. Like, <laughs> yes. Do your do your side session or your bullpen day and carry on and just have fun. Um, but uh, as a fan of the, uh, of the game or whatever, yeah, of course, I, I want to see him pitch. And I, I'm sure his mom will be there and going bananas from the stands again, uh, as she usually <laughs> does. So that, that that's good, too. It's those stories that, that make baseball um, a great game. Um How much do you think, and maybe Brendan can answer this one better, how much do you think that the Rodgers outage played into a bunch of the Blue Jays not making the fan vote? Possible. 
it's <laughs> definitely <valid> possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I would not be shocked. Yeah. I mean, I was I, I luckily had internet because I wasn't in the country, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were down here hanging out with us at a country concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Craig, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. So I, I cannot say enough good things about Alejandro Kirk. And just to put this in perspective, he played in May and June. He played in about the same amount of games. He batted 340 in both months. And to Brendan's point was a major part of our uh, offense. There was single-handedly some of the comebacks that we actually were able to complete just by him just starting off that inning with a walk, you know, those just the fact that he's got the above average eye at the plate knows how to swing at good pitches. And that actually makes really good contact. He's in the top 10 in every category amongst catchers in all of major league baseball. And most of the categories he's only getting beat out in the top three or four, like for batting average and whatnot by guys that are in the national league. So he is easily the best offensive catcher in the American league. As we said, sorry, Yankees fans, Trevino's not cutting it, <laughs> but it's the fact that he's doing that and has evolved so far on the defensive side of the ball. I honestly wonder right now when we lose Danny Jansen, the little bit of good pitching that we've actually been getting doesn't happen. If you don't have Alejandro Kirk there. Yeah, I'm really curious what that equation would look like if you were putting Zach Collins and uh, oh crap, what was the other guy? Peterman, Eidman, Eidman, <laughs> back there. Sorry, Eidemann. sorry. I guess I got I guess I got Bill's stuff stuck in my head. Yep. <laughs> good old Nate. So good old Nate Peterman. Yep. But anyway, Kirk deserves it all day, every day, and I'm glad that he got in on the phone vote, the fan vote, and I really am looking forward to seeing what he gets a chance to do at the All-Star game when he has that kind of stage, and I think it's only going to build his confidence going forward. Is he off to a great start in July? No, but this whole team has been dead in their tracks since July started, so yes. I'm not worrying anything about it right now. He is easily, in my opinion, our four or five hitter going for the rest of the season. He's, he's going to catch her DH. And any of those days that somehow he's not in the lineup, you got Teoscar to move back up into the fourth spot. So the middle of our offense should be pretty solid, especially with him in there. Um, I am shocked, like Brennan mentioned, that George Springer slipped in. I think he's having a good year, but is he having a fully George Springer season? I don't think so, but I think there's still more stuff to come. And I think we're starting to see that breakout this past weekend over uh, with Seattle series where he has hit, he had two home runs during the series, right? Or was it three? <laughs> two, I think. Two, yeah. So, yeah. um, so we're getting the best out of him. Manoa is just hands down the face of the pitching staff for this team. And honestly, if you're putting the Mount Rushmore of what this team looks like, you're talking Vlad, Bo, and him right now. And I don't think there's really any argument with that. And I'm so humbled and like proud of this team. The fact that those three ta- names are all homegrown guys. It makes me very happy. Um, and then, like we were saying, it's great to see Vlad in there. I do agree. The fact that it's more or less that he's there. Kind of by default, is nobody's really running away in first base in the American League this year, period. Rizzo's been okay, great. You know, he's still batting like 230 with a bunch of home runs. Ty France is really the other other man in the room there in that whole thing, and there's just no way when it comes down to a popularity contest that Vlad's losing that. He's got a whole country voting for him. So, But to that point, I do believe that those guys, both those guys in their, their respective positions deserve to be there 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree that they definitely deserve to be there. I, I you know, I, I'm the most... Um... 
intrigued about Kirk. I think he's probably thrilled by this. This is familiar territory for Laddie, so I'm sure he's probably just, you know, <laughs> taking it all in and preparing for it. I want to see um, Kirk in the home run derby. I'm not going to lie. I do not. <laughs> nope. I do not want to see any of them in a home run derby because I, I, I know he can do it. Math. That's why I want to do it. Um, <laughs> look, his, bat, his swing is so low. Yeah, but I just, I just don't want him to, to get it all fucked up. when he You don't want to break kid. I get it. Don't want to break him. God, we're going to need him to sell high. Um, He's passing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's great that the Blue Jays have some solid representation at the All-Star game. Um, it does a lot for the name recognition to sort of broaden it in terms of Vladdy alone. Um, and I think, we, you know, we've all said it out loud that Vladdy got there basically uh, more so on name recognition than actual contributions this year. Uh, That's not to say he's undeserving of it. I think he is deserving of it, but um, just the numbers alone don't really indicate that it's all-star level performance throughout the season. But what can you say? It's uh, it's fun to watch Blue Jays play in the all-star game, and that's even if I even watch the damn thing at all. Um, Let's let's wrap this up. Um, We'll... We'll just do some rapid fire second half expectations before we um, hit the picks to clicks and the predictions. Um, so we've already numerically made it halfway through the season, but it's not officially, quote unquote, the second half of the season till post All-Star break. So, Chris, I'll start with you. What are your expectations for the team? What do you think will happen and what do you want them to do post All-Star game? Because I believe right now their focus is sort of on the draft. But after that, um, they should be gearing up for some trade deadline talk. So what's on the docket for you in your wildest dreams for this team? Fucking hell, do we got another hour? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you're on vacation no. next week. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> they, need, they need a much stronger second half, and especially the last two or three weeks of September need to be very, very strong for this team uh, to get some confidence. Um, as for, like, they, they probably, depending on how these next six or so games go, like, they may have to be 10 games over 500, realistically, uh, it, it, in the second half. Um, they need two big arms in the bullpen, a left-handed bat, and a starting pitcher. And I don't know if it's obtainable. I really don't. But they're gonna have to get on it and get on it quick. They're gonna have to. Um, they're gonna have to pony up. Maybe they're gonna have to be the table setters for 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 trades uh, before the deadline. And because the Yankees are gonna be looking for some pitching, they're they're actually pitching very well right now. But they they're definitely gonna be looking for for some arms. The Dodgers, you know, sure as shit, are going to be in on some arms. They're already in on uh, Louis Castillo. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, it, it, probably, I don't, I can't remember how far back San Fran is, but I think they've had a little bit of trouble other than Rodon, so they're probably going to look for some pitching to try and stay in it. Fuck, you know what? Baltimore could go for some pitching right now and maybe just do one or two one or two things, and just try to stick in it long enough. They might be uh, able to, to do it. Some, they they <laughs> might the, be able their to best do it. Window that. is us. Be, everybody beating the shit out of each other. Exactly. And they sneak it, in, and that's yeah. not out of the realm of reality right now. No, and they don't have to do anything spectacular. Like they should be sellers by all means, but like 
if they just stand pat or they go out and get a bullpen arm because their bullpen has been flaming hot garbage all year, you go out and get an arm for some low-level prospects, like, that might be enough just to keep them in it and say, hey, Rushman and whoever else they have, like, look what we did. We stayed in it. Like, this is good times here. Um, long story I'll short, though, like, th- there's going to be so many teams looking for pitching that it's going to be extremely difficult for Atkins to, to get anything done. And I, because of the parity around the league right now, like the prices for this pitching are going to be stupid. And there's going to be some upset people when they see the pieces going back. <laughs> but this is what you wanted. Well, who's going to be upset? Really? Oh, there'll be people. But I, Fuck, you're There's on Twitter. There's somebody upset. Yeah, how many people no, are okay, watching so this? We're, we're talking about, <laughs> talking about like, people that so, are like plugged into the minor league system. The casual fans don't give a shit, and they like, don't even know. They do think the casual yeah. fans know who Elvis is. We're <laughs> Daniel <dude>. Doris. <laughs> Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and Elon Musk could give everybody a hundred thousand dollars in the world right now, and somebody be like, "Well, fuck, I wanted two hundred thousand dollars." <laughs> like, you know, there's, you know, there's people that would do that. Like, oh my god, they, you're not wrong. Be the greatest thing in the world, and somebody would find a way to complain about it and ruin it for everybody. So, so you're saying if we got a time machine and somehow brought Dave Steed to this team, that somebody would still find a way to fuck somebody with it. would bitch. <laughs> somebody would bitch. Uh, Craig, what are your second half expectations? Second half expectations. Unfortunately, I think we're gonna. Oops. Okay, expectations, unfortunately, I think we're going to just squeak in with that third wild card if we keep this pace and nobody changes the management issue or any of these kind of things that we were alluding to there in the field. Without a spark and without a trade, this team, unfortunately, is going to continue to just mediocrely string by, and I'm hoping they turn it on enough in September to run into the playoffs. What they need to do is they need to find a trade. I don't even give a shit which one it is. Find a bat. Find a bullpen arm that's an ace bullpen arm or find a good pitcher. I'm not saying it has to be an ace. You don't have to get me Jake DeGrom, but get somebody to eat up innings in that starting rotation right now. Because right now, I think there's enough going on right now between Stripling and Castillo that one of them will rise to the top for the rest of the season. If you find somebody else to go in with Manoa, Barrios, and Gosman, I think that is the difference. And then obviously the three of them have to stay healthy. Knock on desk to your uh, <laughs> current words. Um, that's the difference between them Ooh. being the first wild card place and the third wild card place. That was just potentially a game saving catch by Springer, and that was fucking amazing. Just to oh, cut yeah? you off, I'm sorry. That was a great <laughs> play by Chris. Springer. <laughs> I must be a little behind because I'm about to see it. I think. Yeah, it was off a Schwarber. I was just about oh, to say that Brios was pitching. It. Yeah, I was just about to say that Brios was pitching really well, and then Schwarber scorched one, so I cut myself off. <laughs> you can't off say the that. first part of that. Yeah, and then <laughs> Springer just made an amazing grab. So, all as well. Uh, so anyway, fine. mine was short and sweet. Yep. <laughs> um, my wishes are them to play to their expectations because we know <laughs> it's in there and. They can go on a crazy win stretch, but will it happen? I'm not too optimistic about that. So my expectation is watch 
closely to who isn't allowed into Canada with Kansas City this weekend because I think they're a very, very good trade match with this team. And mm-hmm. don't let two of Brad Keller or Josh Barlow or sorry, not Josh Barlow, Scott Barlow or Andrew yeah. Benintendi leave without making a trade. Um, I would go with Benintendi and Barlow, although now I think of it, Brad Keller is pretty intriguing because he could be the Yusei Kikuchi replacement. Because if I'm being honest, everything coming out of what the beat writers in Seattle were saying, that it's a confidence thing with Kikuchi, I'm not sure I want to see him in the rotation the rest of the year, to be honest. Um, yeah, or at least be the roaming fifth, sixth guy. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe not he gets guaranteed to start every five days. Exactly. Maybe he's a spot starter every so often to give the rotation a blow and you build up his confidence again and then stash him in the bullpen. Uh, or leave him off a potential playoff roster. So, yeah, I mean, take a look at it, because if Scott Barlow isn't allowed into Canada this weekend, he is not a trade fit. If Brad Keller is not allowed, he is not. Benintendi as well, like anybody from here on out between now and the deadline that comes to Toronto, plus going back and looking at who's already been here, you can cross those names off the list. And again, that's why people complaining when one or two players max aren't allowed here saying, Oh, it's such a disadvantage. No, it's still a huge disadvantage for the Jays because the talent pool isn't as big for them to shop in. So right. yeah. Um, Where everybody else gets to shop everywhere at Walmart. You know, we get the lot shop at the, all these freaking discounts. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I still think they get into the playoffs. If it is the third wild card spot, I'm fine with that. Cause they play Minnesota instead of the Red Sox or the Rays. So I'm good with that. Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. The there was a team that came up when I was looking around the internet earlier, you know, during my lunch break, that um, surprised me that they're looking for catching, but it doesn't shock me. San Francisco Giants. There might be some bullpen arms, and that you might be able to loot from when you have an abundance of catching, and they're just hoping to get Yerman Mercedes up to speed, who mm-hmm. didn't play for the last what year <laughs> yeah. very talented catcher but to that point he was never going to be an offense he was only ever going to be an offensive catcher so we have some guys that might be able to sway with the giants in a market that they need and not many other people are going to be you know shopping catchers that was what i thought <laughs> um I need them, just to close it up with my wish list here, I need them to, as you mentioned, Brennan, play to their potential. Um, this is in the Tri-League. Uh, they got to get it done. Um, just then, a weed. The, um, the division is out of reach. Don't even bother. Um, but play to your potential. Play to your to your ceiling. And you should be rolling over teams left and right. Um, and I need this front office to be more aggressive than it was last year. Look, we walked away at that trade deadline praising the front office for their attempts to bring in talent to push the team into the postseason. Um, again, it, Just nothing. Mess. There's nothing they more they could have done, I think. But um, if they're going to get into bidding wars, this is 2015 level. Empty the cabinets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So long as it's. I mean, ideally, you want some players coming back with control. But if you got to give up something to get an elite rental, i.e. a David Price-level player, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a pitcher, it could be a lefty bat, too. you got to do it. it. You can't be holding hoarding these prospects anymore. Your team is young enough that you don't have to worry about it right now. You can worry about it in the future. 
Um, and henceforth, you know, just as a quick side, you know, speaking of building talent, um, what I need to see from this front office and this entire system in the Blue Jays, uh, start developing better pitchers for the fucking love of God. Start <laughs> developing better pitchers. Not just one random guy here and there. That's it. <laughs> Since Atkinson Shapiro have come in, I know Pearson is sort of an anomaly because he's been hurt. But in terms of talent, Manoa, that's it. You're not wrong. So, develop it's been very uh, position player based. Yep. Which was the flip from the other front office. So yep. I can see where they focused that, but now they gotta worry about maybe, like you said, at least fifty fiftying it. Like this to. this draft they should be focusing on a starting pitcher first pick. you gotta focus on your pitching staff. You have to you have to. You have to get better pitching in this system because we can't be relying on the Thomas Hatches and the Anthony Case right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't. Um, so, uh, let's, let's we have two guys that made the futures roster. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) let's, uh, let's get into picks to click. Craig, uh, where are we at with this? So right now, as far as wins go, Mr. Chris is actually winning, but it's not going to be after this week. (laughs) (laughs) He's got four wins. Everybody else is stuck at three. And we had, I, I had Lourdes, Chris, I'm sorry to say we put pencil in Kikuchi as your new pencil in. But that's not going to happen anymore he's, because he's no longer. He there. was hurt. <laughs> he wasn't when we made this pick. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, anyway, then uh, Adam had a Cavan pick, and then Brendan had Springer. So, looking at it on uh, line in the last week, it's showing that um, Bobachet had the most RBIs with five, six hits. Espinal was a guy that had the highest batting average over that stretch. Vlad Jr., same thing, six hits, just had more at-bats than a lot of the other people. Boris Gurriel Jr., and then Teoscar, Kirk, and Springer. But Springer had the two home runs and was the only guy that basically hit any home runs aside of Boba Shet. So right now I'd say that Brendan probably wins if it were up to me with Springer because he was the sure. only reason we had any offense in Seattle. Um, Lourdes had a very good week, but he only had one RBI, so I can't mm-hmm. say he pitched in too much, especially when he only scored one run, too. He was on base, but nobody cashed him in. Yeah. So, okay. I'm thinking Brendan ties Chris with the four uh, four wins, and then Adam and I bring up the rear with uh, three wins apiece, and to that point, Mr. Panikar, I believe it would be your pick. Yes. Um... You know, and I bashed him a lot this episode, but uh, I think I'm going to go with him to finish the second half or the unofficial first half strong. I'll go with Boba Shett. There it is. I did just say he had the best offensive week. <laughs> and what do you uh, think we're going to do over the next week against the uh, Philadelphia Phillies and the uh, Kansas City Royals? Four and two. You have to. If you go less than that, 500 isn't acceptable anymore. Um, Correct. So, so you're yeah. hoping that Charlie keeps his job out of the four and two. Got it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So four and two, they'll probably lose get tomorrow against Zach Wheeler because the offense isn't doing anything. And then you take three out of four against Kansas City. Yeah. So I let Chris go next because, uh, you know, the Kikuchi pick. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Take spring. I'll take Springer. There you go. And how are you thinking we're going to do this next week? Not fucking good. Uh, one, what, what are we five? Are we, uh, <laughs> six, eight, two, and four. 
looking for. It's a butt. It's a rough one, guy. So the you're, no, you're, the you're, you're the opposite continues. side. You're solidifying that somebody gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, okay. Here, I'll put my fan card on the uh, on the table for a second. I was hoping that they would lose against on Sunday against Seattle because I thought that would bring change. Yeah, I really was hoping that something would have happened at this point too. But something's got to rattle the cages here a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's got to happen. Corsair. Uh, just because I want, I like the way he looked against Oakland. I'm going to go Chapman. There it is. Close it off strong. Yeah, close it off strong heading into the All-Star break. Um, Record-wise, I think they split with Philly. They got to win three. You're right, Brennan. They have to win three against KC, but I just don't see it. I think they're going to take, I I think they're going to split both. I I have a bad feeling it'll be that too. Yeah, three and three. Yeah. Three and three. So, even though I just watched him literally ground out, I was going to pick Danny Jansen, and I'm not going to take my change my mind. I'm hoping that he, uh, you know, comes back. If we're going to send down one of our top prospects, I want Danny Jansen to have this week to prove that that's worth it. <laughs> so I'm picking Danny Jansen, and I'm in the ballpark that I'm. I'm unfortunately sitting with Chris. The status quo is. We suck lately. <laughs> so until something changes and shows me that either somebody steps up, somebody gets fired, we bring in a new voice into that locker room, whatever it might be, I'm stuck in the ballpark that is uh, the last month has been a sub-500 team, and I don't see how that changes with you know a flip of a card to a new team, especially the Phillies who have been still sneaky good even without Bryce Harper and even without this series without JT Realmuto because he didn't want to, I think the exact words, he didn't want Canada to tell him what to put in his body. I believe that was kind of the ballpark. (laughs) So yeah. And to that point, yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, um, hopefully this has alleviated (laughs) a lot of your uh, worries listener as well. Um, Hopefully um, you're not bailing on this team. We certainly aren't. You know, collectively, what? but yet. we oh, not yet. I, I won't bail on them even if they don't make it, but it's still good. Um, it's still good. They gotta <laughs> they gotta show to me that they're serious about making the postseason run. Um again, I it's a little bit more forgivable because no one predicted the success that the Yankees are having right now, especially to at the rate in which they're having it. Um but I I think I heard that they can win they can go five hundred and still have over a hundred wins. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For the rest of the Easy. way, which yeah. is it's ridiculous. Um, so that if being said. they beat said, the Seattle record, though, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I know um, it's possible. It makes me angry. 116 win right season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they'd to, I'm sorry. They'd have to break that. They'd have to have 117 wins. It's possible. Um, so anyways, uh, we thank you for listening. We thank you for watching. If you uh, tuned in to us on the YouTubes on the Twitter, on the Twitch, on the Facebook, on wherever you get your video feed from. We are there to hang out with you uh, every Tuesday, talking Blue Jays. Um, but if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, we thank you for doing that, too. We're on all your favorite podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix from, we are there. If you would be so kind to leave us five stars and a quick review on Apple Podcasts, that helps us out tremendously. Uh, and again, if you're watching us on the YouTube, please 
hit the subscribe button, but only hit it once because if you hit it twice, you actually unsubscribe. So just hit it once and then that's it. Just just one time. And gently caress it. Don't smash it because you'll break your phone. Um, that being said, we will end this like we always do, guys, with two claps. Rick Flair and let's go Blue Jays. Let's do it. Let's go go, Blue Jays. Jays. Don't screw up. We can get better. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.